Hey guys, we're back, and today uh, we are not talking about a movie. Nope. We are talking about sure something else, but uh, yeah, we're done watching through the uh, Best Picture nominees, we're done with the Oscars, we had a great Oscars this year. We did. Freaking phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. If you didn't One of catch the best it, Oscars by far that yeah. I've seen in a long time. Yeah. How... Growing up, you did not watch the Oscars, right? We kind of did because it was usually the only thing on that night. Okay. But we didn't really care. Okay. I feel like most of the time, there's no way you would have seen a vast majority of the movies that were up. Correct. Okay. Um, But yeah, so very, very happy with this year's Oscars. Um, Thought, for the most part, uh, either the right choice was made or at least... One of the better choices was made. Uh, We've been talking about how uh, the movies that we overall really, really disliked for the most part walked away empty handed. Um, And I feel like the movies that we liked but didn't anticipate uh, winning too terribly much at least got, I think, one apiece. Um, So Top Gun Maverick got sound. Avatar got special effects. Um, Women Talking got adapted screenplay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was very, very happy. Um, and I also really liked Jimmy Kimmel hosting. Yeah. thought he killed it. Yeah. I think All Quiet and Everything Everywhere taking so many awards was so well-deserved. Mm-hmm. I was so happy that Brendan Fraser got Best Actor. Yeah. I didn't think that would happen, but I'm so happy that it did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, overall, very, very pleased with how this Oscar season went. Yeah. And again, uh, something that we, you and I talked about just a couple days ago, um, it's always interesting how with the Oscars, before Oscar Sunday, there are five nominees for each category, 10 obviously for Best Picture, but five nominees until Sunday night. And instead of being five nominees, there's not even one winner and four nominees. It's just one winner and four losers, which is so sad, Um, especially in a year like this when so many of those movies are really, really good and so many performances deserve an Oscar. But unfortunately, it was a year where they were up against even stronger performances and so any other year certain performances that that we saw this year would have taken it but this year they were up against brendan fraser and the whale or you know special effects were going up against an avatar movie things like that so um yeah um but overall i am very very happy with i would say every award that took it and in the days since um, we now have a, uh, an increased interest in a lot of the, uh, documentaries we didn't get around to or mm-hmm. certain other things. And we've been just happening to scroll through different, um, streaming network or services, streaming services. And we have access to a shitload of the things we thought we just didn't have access to. So, yeah. Um, we'll be able to watch Navalny. Navalny. Uh, the Sea Beast is on Netflix. Fire of Love. Fire of Love is on Disney+. Plus. Um, 
we knew that uh, Le Pupile or something is on Disney Plus, but we still didn't get around to it. But it's on Disney Plus. We should um, be able to watch The Whale. Yeah. As of tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. I got around to seeing one of the shorts. Uh, the An ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. So that one's on YouTube. If anyone's interested, it was pretty damn good. Um, so yeah. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. That's just what we're talking about for five and a half minutes. Uh, Paige, what are we talking about today? We are talking about The Last of Us. Yeah, season one specifically, and pretty exclusively just the show, because neither of us have played the video game. Correct. But before we get into details and spoilers, stuff like that, uh, what were we expecting this show to be? And thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, definitely a thumbs up from me. I was expecting, because it's on HBO, I was expecting it to be pretty dark, to go pretty hard, um, because HBO. Um, you had kind of told me about the video game before, um, but all you had really said is that it's one of the most terrifying video games ever. Did I call it terrifying? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. And that it had to do with basically a zombie apocalypse. So it had me nervous because I don't like zombies. But overall, I did like it. Okay. More than you anticipated? Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, going into it, I don't think I expected it to be that scary. Um, I I don't think uh, I have not played the video game not because uh, I was worried about it being overly terrifying. I was I was definitely expecting a horror element and horror video games do not have to be that scary to pretty effectively bitch slap me. Um, but uh, everything I've seen for it and heard about it, it seems like a very, very stressful video Mm -hmm. game similar to how i consider a quiet place to be absolutely terrifying and you consider it to be just a thriller or a bit stressful a few times Mm -hmm. um i i think uh i've been anticipating the last of us video game to be so stressful that it ends up scaring me but the narrative itself i didn't really expect to be that scary just the um, vibe of living through the video game. Um, And so, yeah, uh, I will say, considering HBO, uh, the things I've seen on HBO, I was kind of anticipating Last of Us to get a lot more gruesome than it did. Yeah. Um, It's not light. It's not appropriate for kids. But... Um, there's no, uh, Prince Oberyn getting, uh, spoiler warning for Game of Thrones. Uh, there's no Prince Oberyn getting his head just absolutely obliterated. Yeah. Um, there was none of that in The Last of Us. Um. Overall, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you? Huge thumbs up. Uh, just as I was anticipating. Um, I... Like I said, I have not played the video game, but have always been very interested in it. Uh, always 
wanted to be able to play the video game. And now that I've seen the show and I kind of know a lot more about what to expect, I think chances are much higher that I'll get around to playing it. Um, but uh, for now, I'm still obsessed with Hogwarts Legacy. So, um, uh, But a couple of years ago, I did have a coworker who explained the entire premise of the first game well both games to me and i remember by the end of just him explaining the story for years i've been hearing that the last of us is like the single best story narrative ever to be put to video game and after he finished telling me the story of the first game i remember just thinking like i haven't even played it and that lived up to hype that story is absolutely incredible and i think they did a damn good job of um making making it into a, a mini series um and for those of you who may not know what the last of us is about mm-hmm. um basically it's the zombie apocalypse but it's basically fungus that turns people into zombies and then it follows the story of a man named Joel who basically has to take this young girl. What is she, 14? Something like that. Uh, he has to take Ellie across the country because she has immunity somehow to these fungi that are infecting everybody. Um, so that's a very... <laughs> not detailed overview of the show. Uh, Definitely not for children. Yeah. uh, But very good overall. Um, Like I said, I don't love zombies. And I was not convinced on this show after the first two episodes. Wow, the first two didn't have you. Kind of expecting to hate it and not wanting to like it. Just because it was zombies? or Yeah, okay. and because I thought it was going to be scary and just didn't really seem like my cup of tea. But I told myself going in that I had to at least watch four episodes. Okay. And if I wasn't hooked after four episodes, then I at least would have given it a solid effort and I would have felt okay with not continuing. Um, and after the first two, I was not convinced. It wasn't until episode three and four Mm-hmm. that I was convinced that the show was worth it. Man, and for me, I and feel like... And a lot like... of people said that episode three was the worst episode. Really? The Nick Offerman episode? I feel like oh, as soon as that landed, everyone was like, holy shit, that thing was amazing. It's a very polarizing episode, I think. There are a lot of people that think it was a waste of an episode, and a lot of people that thought it was one of the best episodes. Hmm, interesting. Um, I have heard that there is like a rising, um, uh, not vibe, but um, uh, discourse, I guess, um, that filler episodes are just naturally, fundamentally bad episodes. Like if it's, as soon as it's a filler it is bad and there's no there are a lot of people that think that which is why there's a lot of people yeah. that don't like and episode three I, I think that's just so dumb i think in in so many shows 
you can pull out at least one or two filler episodes that are phenomenally well done. Fly um, in Breaking Bad? Fly in Breaking Bad is an absolute, it's like the definition of a filler episode. And it's so damn good. Well, and there's something that me and you have talked about, especially with more of the Disney Plus shows, mm-hmm. where it doesn't feel like episodes can stand alone. Yeah. It feels like they have to be connected to the episodes next to it in order for anything in that episode to make sense. Yeah. And with Disney Plus shows, the story itself isn't being told episodically. Absolutely It's being told as one large narrative that someone just came through and sliced up into little bits. Yeah. And so each episode doesn't feel like it had a beginning, middle, and end. It feels like it was the beginning of the middle, the middle of the middle, and the end of the middle. And then, you know, the yeah. beginning of the beginning, the middle of the beginning, and the end of the beginning. But, yeah. But I felt like with this show, it was episodic. Yeah. And it benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think, at least. Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, the episodes were fairly episodic, but then there were certain standalone episodes that heavily felt like they could stand on their own. So yeah. episode three, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. And then the flashback to Ellie Ellie's and her friend. Yeah. Um, things like that, I think, uh, almost like if you want to pitch the idea of last of us to someone if you wanted to you could just show them a few episodes from almost deeper in the narrative yeah um in order to give someone a taste of what this world is Mm -hmm. um i know there are a lot of people that feel like it wasn't enough like the game like there wasn't enough zombie fighting and all of that uh, but something in one of the like after the episode clips was that the writers and producers were talking about how, of course, this isn't like the game. You are not playing the game in this show. You're following characters. We have to have character development. You have to give a shit about these people. Whereas in a video game, you don't really have to because big point of a video game is to fight the zombies as you're playing through the story obviously last of us is known for having a great story but it has to be different in the tv show adaptation than it does in the video game yeah and and something that they did touch upon and as soon as they mentioned it i was like i can absolutely see what they're talking about in a video game if I end up, you know, if I play for three hours and an hour and a half of that is just killing zombie after killing zombie, each uh, combat um, interaction that I have is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, not just was the uh, setting different, but also how much ammo did I have in each one uh, when I aimed to shoot the first time I got a great headshot second time I missed and I I got it on the third try or something and so to me that feels different that and so you can have me fight you know a hundred clickers or whatever they're called and each time it feels different because I experience I 
executed the action each and every time. Whereas if I see Joel on screen in the TV show do it 12 times in an episode, I'm bored. Yeah. This has already happened. I had no control over it. So I was just watching how the writers were going to have it play out. Um, And so, yeah, you can't have just hours and hours of fighting where in the game, every time you fight a clicker, as long as it's not ludicrously repetitive, it's always going to feel interesting and new. Um, Just because there's an infinite possibility or there are infinite possibilities of how this could play out. And um, yeah, so the show had to cut down on how many clickers they fight. And so because of that, by the end of the first season, it doesn't even feel like there are that many clickers in the world. Yeah. Whereas I, from what I understand playing the video game, it feels like that's an enemy that is around every single corner. And something I read about a difference between the game and the show was that in the game, uh, the fungus is airborne and that's how it spreads. Hmm. But in the game or in the show, it was in food product that hit the shelves all on the same day. Okay. And again, having not played the game, I actually really liked that explanation Mm -hmm. on how it could spreads so quickly to everywhere because like in other you know apocalyptic type movies when it's a virus it's like oh well it started here and people hopped on planes and eventually it went to wherever people went to but this makes more sense to me that it got into food that was then shipped out all over the world i think they said it was in like breakfast cereal or flour or pancake mix or something i feel like pancake mix something along those lines right Mm -hmm. so then it hit the shelves all on the same day all around the world and then people consumed it and that's how it happened um so i liked that difference for sure yeah and i feel like uh growing up i watched a a decent amount of different zombie movies and it seemed like in most zombie movies, uh, if they were going to explore the origin of the zombie virus, it usually was like in a lab. And, and it was always a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's another thing. The The fact that Last of Us went much more, uh, these aren't undead zombies. These are infected. Like yeah. it's... Um, yeah, like I, I wouldn't call the things in Last of Us zombies. No, like I wouldn't either. Visually, they don't look like zombies. Um, visually, they look awesome. Yeah. Their um, makeup artists did a fantastic job with how the infected look in this show. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think a lot of that is just mirroring how they looked in the game. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, kudos to Naughty Dog. Um but, yeah, in, in a lot of zombie movies, there's a lab, they, they're doing experiments, someone gets injected with something, they get out, and then they turn alone, they turn into a zombie, and then they bite someone. And everyone freaks out, and there's pandemonium, and now there's two zombies. 
Then each of them maybe bites another person, and now there's four zombies. And then and they always claim that like and twelve hours later, all of London was overtaken, or we'd lost all of Las Vegas, or uh, um, immediately Tokyo was just completely gone to shit. And it was like, wow, you guys should really um, be quicker on the uptake. Like, as soon as someone starts biting other people, and then the person they bit starts biting other people, murder those four people. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, but they've gone rabid. Put them down and ask questions later. Whereas with um, this, if you get bit, you're going to turn very, very quickly. But if you consume something, it may take longer. That suddenly allows a lot of people to be eating your pancake mix or this or that or whatever. And so it's in a ton of people's digestive systems before anyone knows something's wrong. Yeah. And then by that point, once shit starts to go sideways and you have to say, okay, what did this person eat? Uh, we don't know how, how long ago do we need to be looking? What has this person been eating for the past month? Okay, now we find out there are 72 other people with this disease. Are we looking for everything 72 people have, have eaten in the last month? And at that point, like the um, the concept of it being like pancake mix and, and it's a delayed effect, that totally uh, justifies or or helps me believe how helpless the human race would have been in figuring out the problem and trying to squash it before it was. Oh, and they were so helpless. I yeah. mean, look at the QZs that were set up. And yeah. And so I, I feel like writing this outbreak was so effective because it wasn't a, um, as soon as the virus got out, it was very theatrical and noticeable, Absolutely, like yeah. a zombie standing in the middle of the road in Japan. Um, so it, a lot of you can probably tell I'm really attacking the Resident Evil movies. I am. They suck. Um, <laughs> I will say for this show, I loved the character development throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing. You got to see Ellie and how she came to be who she is. I loved, you know, seeing her mom and how she became immune. I loved seeing, you know, what her teenage years were like in the QZ and then you know why she is the way that she is why it's so important for her to get where she needs to go um and then Joel being that protective father who couldn't protect and then got separated from his brother and like somehow this guy is a survivor in all of this um and you just care even in episode three with Nick Offerman and his husband, like, you care about them. You care about Marlene. You care about the friend. What's the friend's, Ellie's friend's name? But yeah, the writers knew how to get the audience engrossed in these characters and their stories. Even if you don't necessarily agree with the Fireflies or if you don't agree with Tommy's commune in wyoming or wherever it's at mm -hmm. uh, or if you don't agree with the survivalist of nick offerman's character or if you don't agree with the qz like it doesn't matter what you agree with like you can see the point of view of all of these characters which is why 
you follow and why you keep watching and why every big thing that happens hurts so much. Yeah. And um, there's also, shoot, I know the younger brother's name is Sam, but the, uh, yeah, those two, uh, you can understand why the Henry, uh, maybe, um, but you've got uh, the fireflies, but whatever overtook Fedra in that city, I don't think that was even fireflies. I think it was just a resistance. Yeah. And you can understand why they overtook Fedra because Fedra was being shitty. And then you can also see why I think it was Henry, um, like sold out people to Fedra because, you know, he was desperate and he, he needed help. And then you can also see why his actions lead the resistance. Once they've won the fight, they're now pissed at Henry. And Mm -hmm. so all of that really just, it makes sense. And you can tell that, uh, like Henry was in the wrong, but he had no other choice. And so, um, yeah, it was the it was only shitty. person you shouldn't ever be on their side was David from episode nine or eight, which episode eight. Yeah, like um, that motherfucker deserved his horrifically bloody death. Yeah, um, and so did all of his cronies. The one thing with David that I thought was really interesting was the cannibalistic aspect of it because. If you're if you are in charge of that group of people and you run out of meat, like you run out of protein and you know it, if you go out and tell them we're we're out of food, what do we do? Like there's nothing we can do. There's going to be chaos. But then one of you dies. Are I think you have the fucking conversation. Like I I say, "Hey, we don't have animal protein." I'm not saying he was totally in the right but I can see someone getting there. Get all the way off his side right now. Dude, like I, I thought that situation they wrote him into and the solution he came up with was very interesting because I feel like most of the time when you write cannibals into an episode, everyone in the commune is very, yeah, we're cannibals here. We're We're rabid lunatics. And with this... It's one guy is shouldering the responsibility of that information, but he's letting everyone else just sort of remain. But what gives him the right to make that decision for everybody else? Again, I'm not saying he's right, but I do like the concept. I don't like this devil's advocate you're playing. Well, I'm playing it. Um, I really like the concept of having almost innocent cannibals People who are eating human meat and they, some of them, a lot of them have no idea. And then some of them have an inkling, but because they don't want to know for sure, they they stop asking the question because they're pretty sure they know the answer and they don't want to know the answer. Um, I thought that was really, really interesting. With that said, yeah, David is, is an absolute chunk of shit. Um... But, yeah, I thought the writing on that was so interesting. Um, growing up, I, I played a um, first game in a series called uh, Dead Rising, which was a zombie game. And because zombies are just sort of mindless, uh, they were, you know, the slow zombies in that game. 
And so they don't move fast. It's, you know, one hit kills for the most part. You can throw a thousand zombies at me and I'll be fine because they're stupid and whatever. And so in that game, every like boss battle, every time they wanted to actually challenge the player, they made it a human that's just gone insane in some way, shape or form. And so quickly I got to this point where I hated the game because everyone needed to be the most terrifyingly sick, psychotic character ever. So take a David and then make 40 variants of David and fill a game with that level of, ew, stop. And that's what Dead Rising was. But when I say 40 variants of David, make every single one of those written a quarter of the quality of David. So it's just like one of the guys is a clown. And as soon as everyone starts dying, there's no one for him to make laugh. And so he goes insane. It was so dumb. Like, and so I feel like the way they wrote David was like, there, this guy is sick and twisted and demented, but at least there's a lot more time and energy going into the thought process of this psychopath, um, where I feel like a lot of uh, games, especially, but it's um, movies and TV shows are not at all off the hook. Uh, a lot of times, as soon as they start writing a psycho, it's a very one dimensional psycho where they woke up one day and went, oh, I know, I'll just be evil. And that's it. Where I feel like David, there's a lot of moments where David does honestly want to help his people survive. You don't I think don't he wants his people know. to survive? You I think, think he wants his people to die He's off. an egotistical asshat who is brainwashing these people who think that he is their religious leader. And he is an asshole and deserved what he got. I never said he didn't deserve what he got. I, I think he's he has a lot more depth to his character than a lot of villains do. Anyways, okay. speaking of boss battles, mm-hmm. um, can we talk about the chonky infected yes. that came out of the ground hole with the rest of the quick infected? That was a really exciting uh, that whole scene episode climax was terrifying and amazing. Yeah. Um, I thought the speed, the number of infected in that episode. Um, the little girl and her gymnastics move yeah, in the, the truck. Yeah, as soon as, like, you can almost feel that these beings are more fungus than human at this point. So they have this limberness that feels plant-based. Yeah, I thought that was really, really good. Um, One thing that I'd love to shout out, um, I was only able to pick it out myself twice. I know it happened at least one other time, but um, casting the motion capture actors from the video game as side characters in the show, I thought that was really cool. In that episode where uh, all the infected come out of the ground at the end, the like right-hand man to what's-her-face... Uh, he played Tommy in the video game. And then uh, David's right-hand man played Joel in the video game. And then Ellie's mom played Ellie in the video game. Um, so I, I feel like 
allowing the people who brought the game to life to have a, a hand in bringing the show to life was a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially right now where, um, you know, getting a little off topic, but not really, uh, the character of Mario has been voiced by one voice actor for years and years and years. And as soon as they want to make a movie out of Mario, Chris Pratt and the guy who's been voicing Mario single-handedly for ages wasn't even considered like that kind of sucks. I think it would be really cool if we suddenly found out that a major side character is being done by the voice of Mario. So he's still involved in the movie, but they wanted their front and center guy to be Chris Pratt. I feel like that would definitely um, go a long way to put out a fire. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, with uh, Last of Us, I wasn't even coming into this with a, a mindset of they should have gotten the original cast to do the characters. I recognize that the actress of Ellie, the only reason she was able to play Ellie in the video game is because you can easily de-age someone in a video game. Yeah. She was never, even when she was in The Last of Us video games, she was already way older than Ellie needed to be. Uh, but that was fine. For a TV show, you have to get a younger actress. Um, and so, yeah, giving each character their own... Uh, and it's more than a cameo each time. Yeah, They're major especially side Ellie's characters. mom. Uh, which, funny enough, I feel like uh, Ellie's which, I mean, mom... she's only in one episode, but... Well, everyone's only in one episode, but um, Ellie's mom lasts the least amount of time. She dies immediately where the other two are in the entirety of the episode um but it's crazy how similar she looks to bella ramsey yeah like that's one like you can believe pretty easily that that is her mom yeah um i know a lot of or i i had heard a few times where people just complained that bella ramsey didn't quite look enough like ellie um but yeah i, I do think that there is um a real resemblance there. Um, I thought Bella Ramsey was a great choice for this. Yeah. Um, I think. And Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, I think Pedro Pascal, they aged him very effectively mm -hmm. in the video game. I feel like he feels even older than that. Um, and maybe it's just because I've never seen Joel from the video game and anything else because he's an original character where Pedro Pascal I have seen him in tons of other things and he's always playing someone younger than this and so maybe that's all um that was at play but uh yeah I do really really love like the aged gruff look and vibe of Joel in the video game um he also just has like a, a thicker beard which such a minute detail, but like, I don't know. Joel in the video game it just looks so interesting. Grizzled. Yeah, so grizzled. Um, and I feel like Bella Ramsey, this is probably because I've seen Game of Thrones, but she just looks like a badass that can murder a frost giant. Right. Um, and in the game, Ellie really looks like someone who always needs to be protected 
like mm-hmm. someone who's always fragile and delicate. Even if she gets her hands dirty every once in a while, she still looks fundamentally delicate. And Bella Ramsey, to me, looks fundamentally not delicate. <laughs> but you do get to see her kind of harden throughout mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. And especially by the end of the eighth episode when she's dealing with David. Oh, yeah. And all of that. Like, that's when you really see her turn. Yeah. When she turns from a kid into an adult. Like, yeah. her childhood is over. Long over by that point. But, like, that really is the moment that you see it kind of snap in her. Yeah. And I did read that they are not recasting Ellie for season two. Good. They're going to keep Bella Ramsey, which I think is great. Yeah. Because Bella Ramsey herself is, what is she, like 20? Born in 2003, uh, September. So so. she'll be 20 this year. Yeah. Um, Um, So, I mean, a 20-year-old playing a 14-year-old and honestly pulling it off. Yeah. Uh, but I think it'll be easy. I don't know how old Ellie is supposed to be in the second game. Do you know? Uh, I want to say uh, like three, maybe four years older. I okay. Think. Yeah. So uh, if they were going to recast Bella Ramsey, I would find that far more surprising yeah. and and confusing. Um, yeah. The fact that they un- announced that they won't recast her. I had assumed they wouldn't because there was no need for it. Um, How do you feel about how this season ended? uh, Very good. Um, So, Because I know that's another thing that has a lot of people up in arms because of the choices that Joel made. Yeah, and I feel like that's the sort of thing where you, you can't end it any differently like if you're making last of us into a tv show you need to end the show the way the game ended and so people may be taking issue with it but that just means they're taking issue with a what 10 year old video game uh, instead of a show but they're taking out their anger on a show um and i feel like that's just kind of um there's already a sequel game and stuff they all already have the groundwork done for the next season and so if you were able to if you were to change anything about how this season ended you'd be stepping on the toes of the next season and so yeah um it ended exactly as it needed to because it ended exactly the way the source material ended uh, that was the one thing like I mentioned that an old coworker of mine explained the ending to me once, and I remember quite a bit of what he told me, but the ending, like the final level or whatever it is, um, I remembered that very, very well. Um, and so as the final scene was starting, I could tell this was going to be a very faithful adaptation of the ending. If there are people who are truly openly complaining about the ending of this show, I think uh, the ability to recognize 
that a character makes decisions you disagree with, but they are still an interesting character. Like, um, if, if people are taking issue with how The Last of Us Season 1 ended, how did they ever get through all of Breaking Bad? Because Walter White is chock full of really shitty decisions. Sometimes, most of the time, it turns out he was doing it all for his own best interest, where Joel is honestly doing it in his mind for Ellie's best interest. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the concept of having very morally gray, and by that I mean a very dark gray, (laughs) way closer to black than gray. Um, But yeah, these uh, morally dark gray uh, questions and answers, that lends so heavily to moral debates and ethical debates. If if the show ended with just um, the hero winning and he was never not in the right, that's a pretty boring-ass show. Mm-hmm. You have to make those difficult decisions that... Um, some people agree with and some people don't. You and I are huge fans of The Truman Show. Yeah. And I love The Truman Show. I disagree with the Ed Harris. Um, Ed Harris's character of the director of Truman Show. Um, I disagree with him. I don't think he's a bad character. I think he's an incredibly well-written character. I think he's an excellently portrayed character. If you take him out of the movie, you are taking a ton of quality out of the movie. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like anyone complaining about Last of Us, you're just being dumb. If you are simply saying, I disagree with what Joel did, but that does not affect your feelings of the quality of the show, then that's another discussion entirely. Um yeah, anyone who just says, I think Joel was in the wrong and I can't wait for season two, awesome. Anyone who says, I'm done watching this show because Joel shouldn't have done that, screw you. I saw one review. This person said that if Joel doesn't get the death he deserves in season two, episode one, that they're done watching. Holy shit. And that they're probably just done watching anyways. And I was like... Wow. Honestly, but at did that you point, go into this show thinking that there was going to be a happily ever after? Yeah. I would say if that's your stance, don't even you definitely should walk away from Game or uh, uh, Last of Us. But moreover, I think you should walk away from HBO. Yeah. This is the style of story they tell. The only person that got a happily ever after in this show was Nick Offerman and his husband. And even then, yeah. Nick Offerman's final day was not all smiles. No. Um, but still, like, yeah. I feel like Joel had to make those decisions mm-hmm. because I don't think that he could watch another person he cares about die. Mm-hmm. 
especially not someone who's become a daughter to him after he already had to watch his daughter die in his arms. Yeah. Um, he had to shoot Marlene. Mm-hmm. He had to, in his brain, lie to Ellie and tell oh, her yeah. that there are multiple other people like you. They couldn't make anything work and they've stopped trying. And I feel like the steps to that lie of like, there are multiple people like you. As an audience, I was like, oh, okay. So that means I was able to get you out of there. They can just use someone else. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You're not there the- There are dozens of others like you. You're not the end all be all only chance at this. The literal weight of the world does not have to be on yeah. your shoulders. But then he added, they've tried before and they've discovered that it doesn't work. And then that really lets her know Stop worrying about this. Like, it, it sucks that this happened, but don't even offer your biological assistance ever again because it doesn't work. They've tried. It's not an option. Um, I think that um, was so interesting. Exactly how he told the lie was really, well, really great. Well, and just seeing that Ellie... You know she doesn't fully believe what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she knows that she's in a hospital gown. Mm-hmm. She knows some shit went down. hmm But and... because Joel is the person in the world that she trusts the most, she's going to go along with it for a little while. Yeah. And I like that he threw in the, uh, we were attacked by raiders or something. And I just barely got you out of there. So it explains why you're still in a hospital gown. um, At some point, you may find out that the hospital in Salt Lake City was attacked. And that there's a lot of people dead. And based on what I just told you, that's all going to check out and line up with with the story I've told. Um, I think it just sets up season two well. Yeah. Because... I mean, it's pretty obvious that at some point Ellie's going to find out that the Fireflies are still searching for a cure, that there are not dozens of other people like her, and that she really is the only hope at curing this. Yeah. Um, Which I have seen at least one TikTok pretty much saying in this day and age of... of, uh, when the last of us takes place the technology they're working with the quality of machinery they're working with um the quality of uh the the social structure um like the social infrastructure if this guy who clearly if if ellie is the first person to show any immunity that's a lot of theoretically mm-hmm. um, and so there's a chance they kill Ellie they cut into her brain he gets what he first of all there's a chance they cut into her brain and what he expects to find isn't there and Ellie's still dead and oops or he gets it out can't make a cure or there's a chance he gets it out he makes a cure and can't make that much of it or 
He gets it out. He makes a cure, makes as much of it as they could ever possibly need. And then they can't, they don't have the means to get it to the people. Like there's so many ifs. Yeah, there's not this, a clear and, path. Yeah, sure. it, this is not a, as soon as Ellie's dead, everything's magical. We guarantee it. No. No. There's no way of knowing if this is going to be the miracle cure you're looking for. In fact, chances are stacked against this being the miracle cure. Yeah. Um, And just seeing Joel fight so hard to give Ellie the life that he couldn't give his daughter. Mm-hmm. Knowing that going to Tommy's place is the best option. They have food. They have shelter. They have clothing. They have movies. Mm-hmm. Like, kids are allowed to be kids there. And he wants that so badly for her because she's been through so much. And Joel just himself, I think he says it probably better than I could, but, you know, guys like him, they're just survivors. Mm-hmm. It's just what they do. And he proved it throughout that. And I think he sees Ellie as his reward for everything that he's been through. At the same time, I almost kind of think he sees Ellie as a reward he doesn't deserve. Absolutely. Because, like he's said before, a lot of what he's done to survive is some pretty effed up shiz um and it is really interesting whenever he's like i've done bad things i've done very bad things and he's just very vague about it we don't really go into too much detail until tommy says those weren't things those were people and we killed them and even then we don't know the circumstances of killing those people that we hear about um was it was any of it in self-defense? Was it all in, um, you know, setting a trap and those poor bastards were in the wrong place at the wrong time and and now we have their stuff and, and they don't need it because they're dead? Um, yeah, Joel is such an interesting character because while we do really want him to be successful, that is almost exclusively due to the fact that we've only seen the part of his life that is justifiable and good yeah um i wonder if we'll get any more details yeah one thing that i am curious about uh the last of us the video game is so beloved by fans so many people love that game so many people have played that game over and over and over They make it into a show, and the show is very successful. That all made sense to me. Great video game makes a great show as long as you follow it to the T's for the most part. Okay. Last of Us Part 2, the video game, was not well received. Oh, really? No. A lot of people hated that. Um, And... From what I understand, the episode from this season where Ellie and her friend are in the mall, that was like a bonus level to the first game added later. But from what I understand, the revelation that Ellie is a lesbian was first introduced to the players 
in the second game. Interesting. So I don't know if they just downplay it in the level from the first game or if that add-on level didn't come out until after the second game had come out. I don't know. But I do remember a lot of people really looking forward to The Last of Us Part Two, and then it came out and people hated it. And then the game developers tried to claim you guys didn't like this second game because you're not down with Ellie being a lesbian. And the gamers were like, screw you. That was not at all what I took issue with. This the the narrative you told sucks and I hated it. And nothing about that had anything to do with Ellie being a lesbian. Don't try to claim that I'm not allowed to dislike your game because I'm close-minded when I'm not. You did make a bad game, and it's not because of that. And uh so yeah, there was a lot of anger towards the second game, and then a response from the studio, and then backlash to the response from the studio. Um, the same coworker that explained all of the first game to me explained the second game to me. And um, I'm very curious if they're going to be as faithful to the source material with the second season as they were with the first. Hmm. Because... Um, I feel like I trust these writers. Yeah. Um, but the one big moment uh in the second game that pissed off a lot of people i feel like a lot more people are watching this show than gamers that played the game Mm -hmm. and i feel like if you if the audience of the show doesn't know about what's coming and it happens people are going to lose their minds and mass in in numbers that no video video game could ever reach. But if you do change that, that's a massive change to the narrative. So um, I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes. Um, I would hope they're already hard at work and hopefully far along in the process of, of making season two, because having followed pretty much all of game of Thrones, those multi-year long waits between seasons sucks ass. And I really hope that Last of Us doesn't do that same thing to us. Um, but it might, because these shows are expensive as hell to make. And they take yeah. a lot of time and energy from everyone involved. So who knows when the second season's going to come out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, eager and excited to see how season two plays out same um one last real quick thing that i noticed uh as the episode was playing um but uh in i can't remember if it's beginning of second episode or when it is but uh one of the like scientists that's explaining the virus on the news is played by john Hanna, who is uh the brother the comic relief brother from the mummy movies I haven't seen him in anything in years since the second mummy movie. And so, yeah, I was uh, very, very happy to see him in this. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much I think that covers all that it. I have. You can reach us on Instagram 
at the.real.couple. You can email us. At therealcouplepod at gmail.com. And you can listen to us. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Yeah, um, I believe our next episode most likely will be The Whale. I think that's still still the plan. One of our next few, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I thought at some point we're going to start uh, making dents on the list of uh, recommendations that have been sent to us by uh, our loyal listeners. So... If Keep any of you, those requests. yeah, if any of you guys want to add to that list, uh, just DM us on Instagram, email us, any of that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, anything else? Think no, that's everything. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Love you, bye.